Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hello, everyone. It's July 3rd, a Friday, the day before the 4th of July, obviously. Hope you're having a good weekend as you listen to this. I'm Brandon Marcello with 24-7 Sports. This is the College Football Daily. Trey Scott is on vacation, so I'm filling in for him, kind of going through the headlines for the day. And really, these headlines are going to set up the future for us as we look ahead to the college football amid the COVID-19 pandemic. We're kind of at a uh, a little bit of a crossroads, it appears here, at least according to some conference commissioners, athletic directors out there as well. Meanwhile, at Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy's been cleared uh, after an internal review uh, concerning the program and the search of whether there was any racism within the program under his watch. Also, Texas A&M has been placed on probation. What does that exactly mean? Hint, not much. But we start today uh, with the big question of the college football season. When is it going to start? Is it going to start on time? Will it be delayed? Will it be played? Are we going to have to wait till the spring to see it? I've done a lot of reporting on this. Some some things I have just not been able to write um, because of, uh, well, no one knows anything. Um, Let me put it that way. You're seeing a lot of stories being put out there about here's what's could could happen. This is what could happen. This is what could happen. And I keep coming back to a story that 24-7 Sports uh, published back in April uh, under the bylines of several people, uh, Bud Elliott, Chris Hummer, myself, and others contributed to it, um, where it lined out every single contingency plan we had heard up until that point. And what we're seeing here a couple months later going into July, are those contingency plans being discussed in public by these conference commissioners? So when a conference commissioner comes out and says, you know, I'm not so optimistic the season's not going to start on time, here's the things we've discussed. It's nothing really new, but what it does is it kind of puts a little bit of a panic in people and the football fans' eyes because they know what's going on with the numbers and everything with COVID-19, but then they actually see a conference commissioner say, hey, we've talked about these plans, and it keeps reminding them that, hey, uh, things could change here. Well, it's been like that since March, everybody. It's been like that since April. We've known these contingency plans for the most part since then. But this idea that we're getting closer to a conference actually saying, here's our plan. For example, we're going to play in the spring. Just throw that out there. We're going to play in the spring. Here's what the schedule looks like. 
I could tell you from just talking to people and reporting, obviously that's been discussed. There's been like just, you know, it's been brought up in meetings among these Power Five commissioners when they have their Autonomy Five meetings, but they have not come up with a schedule or what it would look like or anything like that, at least not in the SEC. There have been no formal discussions within the SEC office about here's what the schedule would look like in the spring. This is what the schedule would be. This is who would play. This is when the season would end. This is what a postseason could potentially look like. Would we still have an SEC championship game? That has not been even finalized. So I've reported that. Some people took that as, well, that means that that's not even on the radar. No, the spring football season is on the radar for them. It's just that they haven't like hammered out details as some people think. What does that mean? This is what it means especially among the Power Five conferences. They're going to kick this can down the road as much as they have to, if they have to. If they can't start the season on time, they'll just keep delaying, delaying. They'll allow some teams to play, maybe not others or whatever. But they're going to try their darndest to play a football season, folks. That, that much I can guarantee you. It might be shortened. might not look like anything we're accustomed to, but they're going to play a season of some sort. It might not happen this fall. It might happen this spring, but they're going to try every avenue possible to do it this fall. So I say all that as a preface to what Larry Scott, the Pac-12 commissioner, told the Mercury News on Thursday afternoon. And I'll just read the quote, uh, a couple of quotes here directly for you so you can uh, hear it yourself. Larry Scott told the Mercury News, quote, I was cautiously optimistic, but the last couple of weeks have changed everyone's outlook because of the extent to which restarting the economy and loosening restrictions has led to significant outbreaks. I still want to be cautiously optimistic, but if there's no change in society's response and behavior, which results in a quick flattening of the curve and a decrease in the spread of the virus, that would lead to a much more pessimistic view about our campuses being able to open and our ability to play college sports, unquote. He goes on to say, and kind of, this is, this is where we get into, you know, not necessarily fantasy land, but hypothetical land. And these, I mean, listen, these commissioners are having to deal in hypothetical land across college sports. For the, that's all their job's been for the last four months, for the bulk of the last four months. And this is what he said, quote, it could be in the next week that we make a clear pivot or three weeks from now, either individual schools, conferences, or the collective. Or we could keep putting one foot in front of the other and things start to look better. Unquote. Again, no one really truly knows what's going to happen. In fact, the opinion and the guesses and the hypotheticals behind closed doors at these conference offices, I can tell you, it changes almost every two weeks or so, uh, two to three weeks. Every time I'm chatting with people, connected to the conferences, working in the conferences, their ideas and their, and their potential plans and what might be implemented changes. Because of what's happening in the real world, obviously, with the COVID-19 pandemic. So I, what Larry Scott's saying here is exactly what we've been saying since April. This thing could change in two to three weeks. They don't know exactly what they're going to do. Now, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey has come out and said in the past, here in the last three weeks, actually, in the last two to three weeks, that his target date for making a decision on whether they start the season on time is late July, which makes sense and lines up with what Larry Scott said, because that is when these mandatory workouts 
will be nearing their end across college campuses. By the way, those mandatory workouts start in about two weeks, July 13th. Those go on for a couple of weeks. Then the teams that have to play in week zero, they can begin their actual preseason camps in late July, early August, August 1st. Teams that play in week one, they can start August 7th with their practices. So the SEC, obviously, not a lot of week zero participants and really across college football. What they want to do is make this decision in late July of whether the season starts on time or not. So what I'm telling you is this. For the next three weeks, you're going to hear a lot of this looks like what's going to happen. This may be what happens. Here's my idea. Here are the things on the table. But none of that is going to be official until someone actually makes a decision. And the Power Five is probably not going to be the first group of conferences that makes a decision on starting the season on time or not. And, and talking to people, including coworkers and colleagues, and judging from the past, obviously, we've only been dealing with this for a few months, but the conference that you actually should be probably paying attention to, to kind of the litmus test of what's going to happen or potentially happen, again, it's all hypothetical, but that's the world we live in right now. Look at the Ivy League and what they end up doing here the next few weeks. I say that because if you remember back in March when this was all starting in, in early to mid-March, college basketball tournaments were either underway or beginning to get underway at the smaller level and also at the, at the large level. Most, some small conference tournaments were nearing their end and some had already ended. But the first conference tournament to just come out and say, we're canceling it, we're done. We're not, we're not playing anymore, was the Ivy League. And I remember that happening, I believe, on a Wednesday, or maybe it was Tuesday, I can't remember which. Yeah, it was Tuesday. And it happens, and everybody's going, wow, that's interesting. And then a day later, people are saying, we're going to play our conference tournaments, but without fans. And then the Oklahoma City incident ended up happening. A player ends up testing positive for the virus. They cancel that game, and then all the other big conference tournaments goes, okay, it doesn't look like we're going to play this thing. So everybody canceled. I think with the Ivy League, not to say people will follow their lead, but whatever decision they make will probably come first because they don't have as much at risk financially with their football programs as do these Power Five programs. And so whatever they do will, quote-unquote, lessen the impact if – say the one of the the power 5 comes together with the ACC, the Big 12, the Big 10, the Pac 12 and the SEC. They come together and say, "Hey, we're starting the season on time or hey, we're we're delaying the season 2 weeks or we're um going to evaluate this every 1 to 2 weeks or something like that and we'll continue to delay it until we feel comfortable with a plan." I think the Ivy League will set the tone with that because they have proven to make decisions earlier in the process of this right or wrong i mean i'm not saying whatever the re- the 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 uh, decision will be we don't know but i, I wouldn't be surprised the ivy league's the first one does it and then the power five almost follows along the way within a week or so or something like that either way everything's hypothetical right now we get discussed to are blue in the face about what's going to happen or whatever but what i could tell you is that there are Dozens of contingency plans. We've discussed this several times at 247sports.com through our reporting since April, folks. Nothing 
really has changed. All options are on the table. All the conferences want to start the season on time. And until they get to that deadline, which looks like late July, they're not going to make a decision one way or the other. Meanwhile, in Stillwater, uh, Mike Gundy was uh, cleared by the uh, university president and also the athletics director, Mike Holder, after an internal uh, review of the football program. As you guys might remember, Chuba Hubbard, the star running back there, who I believe is a, a uh, real threat to win the Heisman this season. And I think that's a safe thing to say. <laughs> even, I mean, even with the Trevor Lawrences of the world uh, and Justin Fields of the world, I think he's a top five candidate, obviously. But Chuba Hubbard ste- stepped up, and, and there were there some issues brought up after Mike Gundy wore a T-shirt uh, brandishing the uh, a news network's logo, OAN, um, that, that's, had, that's had some... Uh, 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 critics, I guess you could say in the past about the way they've handled things. And the players tied that to some things they said that bothered them uh, behind closed doors. Well, Oklahoma State did a review, and this is what they end up coming out with uh, late Thursday. Mike Holder, the athletics director at Oklahoma State University, said, we have spent the past couple of weeks reviewing our program and talking with current and former players. Our internal review found that Coach Gunny needs to invest more time in building stronger relationships with his student-athletes. However, our review has uncovered no signs or indication of racism. After meeting with Coach Gundy, I'm confident that he listened to his student-athletes. I believe he is genuine in his commitment to strengthening relationships with his players. I believe this to be a win for everyone. I'm looking forward to seeing the impact this will have on our team, unquote. So this goes back to... Um, kind of the storyline of Gundy's career at Oklahoma State, especially the last several years, about how he's kind of distant from his players and that he doesn't do a good job developing relationships. And that's what they're saying they uncovered in their internal review. Of course, the team has kind of come back together. Uh, Mike Gundy was quick to respond to Chuba Hubbard's uh, uh, tweet a couple weeks ago. They had a video they released together, and then a day later, Mike Gundy released a video speaking to the fans directly about the future. Gundy has spoken a little bit about how he needed to do a better job of connecting with his players and developing relationships. And, and these statements from Mike Holder and the OSU president, Burns Hargis, echo uh, pretty much what um, Gundy believes to be the problem, that he's just not close enough with his players and he needs to fix that. Um, and the OSU president res- released a statement as well that you can find at 247sports.com this morning that, Echoes everything that Mike Holder said. Um, he added that he appreciated the student athletes speaking candidly and the efforts of the athletics director to spend, quote, considerable time listening to present and past players. So, does this mean that the whole issue is blown over at Oklahoma State? Probably not. It's going to be a work in a progress. It's going to be interesting to watch this team and how it comes together going into this season. It's a, it's a program that is so used to winning 10 games a year that after last year, that disappointment, you're wondering like what direction could this program go, especially in Gundy's career. You know, he's passed double digits as a head coach at Oklahoma State. You know, as things passed him by, you know, it seems like his name comes up every couple of years and flirtations with jobs, whether it was Tennessee in the past and even the Arkansas job a few years ago too. But all that aside, this is a team that I think is loaded in potential 
Big 12 contender. I think Oklahoma still wins the Big 12. I predicted that in my conference predictions, but I've got Oklahoma State finishing second and knocking off Texas in the Big 12 uh, in the regular season finale. If they can get it all together, they've got Chuba Hubbard, um, Spencer Sanders, a quarterback. Uh, they, they're loaded. They've got great receivers. They just got to get that passing game back on, on track, and I think they will this season with the new offensive coordinator on board and an older quarterback, a quarterback a year under his belt. But that's the status in Stillwater. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with a former Big 12 rival of Oklahoma State's Texas A&M, now in the SEC, of course, and what's going on there right after this break. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the College Football Daily. Uh, on Thursday, the NCAA made a ruling on Texas A&M that um, it was interesting timing considering, you know, we're in July, um, but the NCAA doesn't make uh, much sense with a lot of their timing on situations. But anyway, the NCAA decided, hey, we're going to put Texas A&M on probation for a year. Jimbo Fisher, the head coach, is on a show cause order for six months after they found that they violated NCAA recruiting and athletic-related activity rules. Those activity rules were about, I guess, seven hours of extra spring practice that weren't supposed to happen. Uh, apparently, these violations occurred, allegedly, January 2018 through February 2019. Uh, it involved a former assistant coach who's now at Tennessee, Jay Graham. Anyway, long story short, how does this affect Texas A&M? It really doesn't. Uh, Fisher could not have asked for a better time other than maybe in April or May to get this because he's not going to be allowed to go off campus to recruit, but who's going to be allowed to go off campus to recruit this fall? Probably no one because of the COVID-19 situation. And the NCAA continues to kick the can down the road with the recruiting dead period. Now it runs through August. So just from that standpoint, Fisher's six-month probation is really just four months at this point because no, no one's going off campus and no one's coming to campus for recruiting through the next two months, July and through the month of August. So what it doesn't mean these penalties really mean nothing to Texas A&M. And if you're an A&M fan, don't worry about anything. <laughs> I think it's as simple as that. Uh, the NCAA is, um, you know, more opinion time. It has become so, so toothless. And some of its, um, its, its punishments. And sometimes they're, when they try to flex their muscles, they're ridiculous and do so and overstep their bounds in some ways, which has been a criticism of theirs for, goodness, 30, 40 years now, 30 years, really. 
But uh, for AM, this really doesn't mean anything. In fact, Jimbo Fisher's probably like, that's great. Even if uh, we can go off campus to recruit, I don't have to travel as much. I'm good with that. He, I mean, he's getting paid a fat check anyway um, with that ridiculous deal at Texas A&M, and he gets to stay home, you know, instead of flying out during the week and during the bye week worrying about recruiting and everything like that. He gets to stay on campus and just relax and, you know, go buy another cow or two like he's done, you know, and get some expensive cowboy boots. So, yeah, it really doesn't mean anything, folks. I, it was like, in fact, when that news came across Thursday, it was like a blip. It was like, even when it happened, it's like, okay, so. But when you see those 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 three words, show cause order, you immediately think, oh, whoa, Jimbo's not going to be able to coach at all. Nope, that's not the case. He could still coach. What's interesting is the SEC didn't really respond to anything uh, involving uh, Fisher. Um it makes you wonder if like if maybe they'll take their own actions, but they're probably usually how these work, these investigations from my past dealings and covering uh, SEC beats, Mississippi State and Auburn. Usually what happens is when these violations occur, it goes to the SEC office first. It goes to the conference office first. They look into it and then they go and report findings or they share in the investigation with the NCAA itself. And then the NCAA takes over and decides any punishments. Usually the conference offices will even recommend punishments to one, the school and also the NCAA simultaneously. And then the NCAA will decide whether they accept those or not. It's usually how it works. That's a, I hope you followed me there, but that's usually how it goes. So not clear uh, whether this was a punishment that the SEC saw fit and said, okay, that's enough. Or if there'll be more things on the way, my guess is this is it. Um, because the SEC did not release anything that was earth-shattering. So Texas A&M, big program that everybody's kind of expecting this year to potentially finally take that next step under Jimbo Fisher um, and really get back to that point they were in those couple years with Johnny Manziel where they're contending against Alabama in the SEC West. This year, a lot of people think they will do so with Kellen Mond back as a senior at quarterback and all the pieces they have back on defense, this could have been a situation that would have, you know, uh, hurt them a little bit off the field if Jimbo Fisher actually had a show cause where he couldn't coach or anything like that, but it's not going to affect them that way. And obviously A&M's dealing with some stuff off the field right now as, as players, uh, and like, they, like many players across the country, participate uh, in, uh, in protests uh, about racial injustices and, and discuss you know, campus monuments and, and, and other monuments uh, in their community. But uh, as far as the coaching staff, when it comes to these NCAA violations, it's really not going to change anything. So that's where we are heading into the 4th of July weekend. This next week, I think, is going to be one that one is crucial for whether we see an on-time start to the season, but also one where it's probably going to be quiet because I think conference commissioners are going to try and take a breather because when they come back on say July 12th or so, that's when they're really going to have to start figuring things out. And as I said, it looks like that last week in July is when decisions are going to have to start being made and plans put in place. But until then, everything's hypothetical. And at 24-7 Sports, we're going to continue to prepare as if the season's starting on time because that's what you expect. That's what we expect. We expect football. We want football. 
We've got preseason content out the wazoo at 247sports.com. Google Ultimate College Football Preview, and you'll see it. It's at 247sports.com. A lot of content, videos, podcasts, and plenty of articles previewing your favorite teams and conferences. That's it for this episode of the College Football Daily. Trey Scott will be back with you. I've been Brandon Marcello. You can follow me on Twitter at BMarcello. Make sure to go to 247sports.com for much more coverage. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.